Good evening everyone and thank you for joining us. Today we're going to be discussing do our differences separate us or do they, or do they unite us? Until now we've been learning how the godly soul comes from the supernal wisdom, comes from Chachma Ilah. Over here, we're looking at a chart. This is an extremely Kabbalistic chart. This, every line, there's many lines, there's a lot of meaning. How many of you by raise of hand have seen such a chart before? It's a famous chart. It's a true chart. Um, and I'll, if this is something that we will discuss in great detail throughout the forthcoming weeks. It is in English, it is in Hebrew currently. Hopefully I'll be able to uh, get an, a copy with English on it. But, if you want to take a moment and on your paper draw a similar chart, you're welcome to do that. I would like to introduce you today to the top triangle. And as we're going to learn in Kabbalah, we could do anything. We could make straight lines, we could make diagonal lines, and we can make triangles. But the ultimate will be the triangle. The triangle is a fusion of everything together. That means, just to say in, in very simple words, let's take for example, kindness, chesed, and gevura, and stringency, the ultimate will be, the, they are two opposites, right? Kindness is one opposite, is one, one extreme, and then you have stringency on the opposite spectrum. The ultimate of life will be the triangle, the tetheris, which means beauty. Something really beautiful, we know, if you go to a symphony, if you just have the high, the high beat, um, instrument, it's not going to sound so beautiful. The ultimate beauty is when you have all extremes together. So the triangle is really the most beautiful aspect and we'll discuss that at great length. But today in particular we're learning that the second soul comes from Chachma. Chachma is wisdom. The second soul comes from Chachma wisdom. So if we all come from the same source, we should all look exactly the same. Right, today Razel and I, we took a CPR course and the guy was talking about his cologne. You know, so he had someone looking exactly, but none of us look exactly alike. But if we all come from the same exact source, we should all look very similar. Why is it that we look different? Not only do we look different, we're all extremely different. Sometimes we could barely see our similarities. We're so different. Some of us are great. Some of us are not so great. Some of us are very talented. Some of us are not so talented. Some of us rich. Some of us poor. How do all these differences come? And even more so, we learned two weeks ago that the entire Jewish nation throughout time is a human being. That means the Jews that left Egypt, they're the head. 
And as we go on, each generation is a lower part of the body. And that is why our generation is called Ikvisa de Meshicha, the heel. We are called our generation relative to this body. The Kabbalah tells us we're the heel, we're the end of the body, we're the lowest part. The heel has the least amount of um, nerve, would that be correct? Or I'm not exactly sure the, the, the precise word, but the, but the heel is one of the lowest parts of the body. That's when we look at each at the Jewish people throughout, the, throughout our history. And within each generation, there is the Rebbe, we spoke, Rebbe stands for Rosh B'nai Yisrael, the head of the Jewish people. And then each one of us here in this room, as we discussed, some of us are the eyes, some of us the ears, some of us the hair, some of us, some of us the toenails, etc. So we're all part of this body. It's very confusing. Are we all from one place? Or are we all part of this? How does this make sense? So in summary, we're ha we have a question right now. Do we all come from the same point? From Chachma? Or are we all part of this body but a different part of it? Is the question clear? Yes. This is a question. Let's just read over the question. We're currently holding on page number 6. On page number 6, we are on the last three lines of the right column and though we will ask Gershon to please read and though if you have the handout we are currently holding on page number two and though the, there's a the, and though there are myriads, yes please and though there are myriads of different gradations of souls rank upon rank ad infinitum. Uh, as, as with the superiority of the souls of the patriarchs and of Moses, our teacher above, the souls of our own generation. Okay, so there you see the patriarchs and of Moses, our teacher, above the souls of our own generation. Oh, sorry, keep on going. I, I cut you off. Who live in the period preceding the coming of the Mashiach, which are as the very souls, S-O-L-E-S, of the feet compared with the brain and head. Okay, so here we see that we are the lowest part of the body when we talk about the Jewish people as one being throughout time. And let's continue. Um, do you mind continuing, Razel? We're holding... So, in every generation. Yes? I don't have that clue. You have a red Tanya? Yeah. So, in the red Tanya, page, eight. page number 8. Rabbi? Yes? When uh, Hasidus was established, you're making it sound like it would be the shin bone. Wouldn't it be better? You're saying instead of using the word heel? No, I'm saying... If you're using that chronology, and Hasidus was two and a half hundred years ago, yeah. and contemporary were the foot, the heel, yeah. wouldn't then Hasidus be just a shin bone between the ankle and the knee? You're, you're asking about Hasidus. Yeah. 
Kabbalah was given to Moshe on Har Sinai. I thought Kabbalah was, um, I thought we received the written Torah, the unwritten Torah, the Talmud, and then the secret knowledge at that time. The secret knowledge is Kabbalah. Yeah, right. So, I, so I'm, just clarify, I'm just clarifying, if Moshe didn't receive Kabbalah, we're not allowed to learn it. No, you're right. I was confused. No, no problem. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Razel, if you don't mind continuing. So, in every generation. So, in every generation, there are leaders of the Jews whose souls are in the category of head and brain in comparison with those of the masses and the ignorant. Okay. So, that means even within every generation, there are different types of people. Likewise, Lottie, do you mind continuing? Likewise? Likewise, are the distinction between Nefeshot and Nefeshot and Nefeshot. For every soul consists of Nefesh, Rach, and Neshama. Let, let's stop here for a moment. Some of you have already seen it, but in the back of your handout, there is a tiny chart. And the chart, remember, if you remember, at the end of the second, uh, two weeks ago, we discussed how there's five parts to the soul. Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama, Chai, Yechida. We discussed there's five parts. We discussed the, the lower three parts are within our body. The higher two are still in heaven. When our soul goes to sleep at night, the full soul is united. On the back of your chart, on on the back of page, chapter 2, so if you have chapter 2, on the back of, of the page, you'll see a little chart and it says Nefesh, okay, let's hand it out. Does anyone with a Tanya, if you have a Tanya, you'll just see this page. On the back of it, does anyone else? Hill Shlomo, I'll bring you a separate one with the whole Tanya on it. You, you have a copy, Dr. Yosef? You have it. You know what I, I think I have? I'm sorry. Does anyone need a copy? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, can we please pass this to Yosef? You have the wrong, wrong one. No, perfect. Chapter two, in the back of the chapter. Yeah, yeah, in the back. There you go. Hello, some of this is for you. So, in the back of your handout, you have the first three parts of your soul: the nefesh, the ruach, and neshama. What are those three parts of your soul? They correspond to action, attributes and feelings, and intellect. So, action, attributes and feelings, and intellect. So within our soul we have different parts. And that is what Rabbi Shneir Zalman just told us, as he told us, that not only is each one of us different, but each one of our nefesh, ruach, and neshama is different from the other. So we have so many differences from each other, it's hard to see what we have in common. So how can we say that we all come from the supernal wisdom, chachma ilah? This is a question. And here we come to the wonderful analogy of a child. We started talking about this again two weeks ago and today we're going to, get a, we're going to focus on it a lot more. 
The creation of a child, the Talmud and Tractate Nida tells us, is through three people. Who's the three? Or three entities, I would probably be more precise. The husband, wife, and God. The three of them together. The, what the husband gives the wife has within it the entire body the, the entire potential for the entire body every single aspect of the body the woman throughout the nine months of pregnancy takes that drop and forms the entire body anyone know why there's nine months of pregnancy? doctor, why is there nine months according, in, in, a, in a scientific way? what's the need for nine months? Let me share with you something really cool. There are ten sifirot. The last one is kingship, malchus, and we'll talk about that at, an, at a later point. But there are nine months of pregnancy each month corresponding to one of the nine Sfirot. The tenth one, Malchut, we're going to remove for a moment. The nine months, each month corresponds to one month. Each month corresponds to one of these nine. <laughs> you guys are catching me. Let me just share with you. Again, I don't want to focus on this today. We're going to focus on that great length, but Kesser does not is not really a part of our equation. Uh, oh, that's right. It's above that. It's, it's way above. Um, so forgive me if I'm, there's a little too much here and we're not, I understand, we will cover it thoroughly. But in our context today, we're going to say there's nine sifirot and each month of pregnancy corresponds to one of these sifirot. So, the the, another fascinating thing about pregnancy now, I have never gone through it, don't get me wrong. And I, but another fascinating thing of pregnancy is that the child is formed in a specific way. First, the vital organs are created, and the longer the child remains in the womb, the more details will come. That is why, unfortunately, if a child is born early, so they may not have their hair, or they may not have some of the... Is, is this, am I saying correct? Like a child, a child that's born at seven months, so they're not fully formed, but they're vital, or they could live because the vital organs are complete. No, the lungs. What? The lungs are no good. The baby has, will probably always have trouble with the respiratory, right? It depends on the gestation. I mean, you could have babies that are five months old and stay in the intensive care unit for right. several months and then they're discharged. And they're okay? Yeah. Even. E no. Thank you. No, no. Even the toenail originates from that drop from the father. So let's just go back to this analogy. That little drop has been the source of every detail of the child. With the mother's help, of course. 
when the child is created is his toenail connected to his brain? Of course. The biggest proof? Anyone here ever had an ingrown toenail? It's very painful. It's very painful. It's a toenail. It's one of the lowest parts of your body. But if you're, you're, it's in full contact with your brain. So now watch this. Where does that drop come from? It comes from the father's brain. It comes from what? The drop comes from the brain of the father. When there's a relationship between a husband and wife, so the drop begins from the brain of the father, it travels down the spine, etc. From this drop is created the brain of the child and the entire body. And after the child is born, every part of him is connected to his brain. So that means, if you have Yankel standing here, every part of him is connected to his brain. And his brain is a direct source of his father's brain. <coughs> so essentially, every single part of our body goes back every single part of our body goes back and is connected to the brain of our father is there any questions so no I just I'm, I'm curious about that is the brain of the mother directly involved with the creation of a child no I know the brain has to, of course, the brain is involved. But is there. The brain is not in the stomach. Should I summarize again? Yes, sure. Every single part of us is connected to our brain. And our brain is a direct result of the brain of our father. That means without the involvement of the brain of our father, we wouldn't be standing here. So here you go. I've just explained how there could be so many different parts of us, a full body, and yet they all come from the same source. There's no problem. There's no contradiction. We all come from Chachma Ilah, but as we're going to discuss momentarily today, we have the nine months of pregnancy. And so this drop has been contracted and changed over as it goes through, let's just call this the womb of the mother. Throughout all of these different details, there's change happening. So the differences within us are no contradiction to our source. Any questions? Am I getting a lot of blank stares? Is that, is that, is that what's happening? What? I, I have. I'm, I'm confused. Please. <clears throat> Talk on behalf of everyone, because I, uh, I, okay. I think everyone here has a question. I'm not I think it, the drop that comes from the Father, that's, you, you can understand how, you can understand that. Yes. But unless there's a drop from the mother, yeah. there is no child. 
But the drop from the father can... No, no problem. I'm not taking away from that. No, did, no, did, no, no, no please, please. I, 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 yes, yes. This is not a sexist comment. I'm trying to... No, no, absolutely. Sure, sure. And the reason that I say that is if the drop from the mother isn't present in the mother, there's no child. Yes. And that's what happens with people. Yes. So... There's more than one influence there, then. Because there's also the drop from the mother. Okay. So there's a blend there. There's a physical union between the mother and the father. There's a physical union between the drop from the mother and the drop from the father. Fantastic. No, no, no argument whatsoever. Completely agree. Okay. So, that, that seems to me to make it more of a difference rather than less of a difference. I mean, what we're trying to say, what we're, I think what we're trying to get at here is all the parts of everyone are different. And there are different attributes that are stressed in some and not stressed in others. So, there's actually two influences here. You're bringing out a great point, Tony. Yes, okay. and let me, let me clarify. The analogy I'm giving you, of course, is not going to be exactly like God. Because God doesn't have a partner. So God's, ener well, God's energy, that is, the full, that is the full source. Yes, in the creation of a child, there's another partner. And yes, they both need to have that drop in order to have the creation of a child. And yes, they're both fully involved in the creation of a child. The, the reason I'm giving you this example, though, what you can gain from the, the creation of a child is the idea that there could be one tiny entity that can be completely changed and yet be connected to every part oh, of the body. Okay. Has this... Yes, Doc? By your leave, Rabbi. What? By your leave. Every soul is a koma shalema, a complete structure mirroring the organization of the body in which it is enclosed. It has a head that consists of its cognitive facilities faculties, conception, comprehension, etc. Um, finally, all souls of all generations also constitute a complete organism. The spiritual organism of Adam, the first man of whom the Midrash says that all souls or generations are appendages of his general soul. Some are appended to his head, others to his arms, others to his feet, and so on. In this sense, then, the souls of each and every generation are parts, parts of the complete organism. Thus, some generation souls are of head, other souls are of the level of the feet. There are also spiritual qualities synonymous with the difference between the inner life of the head and that of the feet. The closer one gets to the messianic era, that is, the further along one goes in the process of history, the lower down are the souls placed within the collective koma uh, shaliman. Thus, these last generations of history are the heels of the Messiah. Okay. No, are, are you sharing something or you're clarifying? I hope. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> um, I, I hope that was clarifying. Because, Fantastic. Uh, Steinsholz has a wonderful way of... I appreciate that. Thank you. So, where are we holding? We're holding, we have an example of where one part, the, we can have one entity that is the source, and from that comes an entire being. And 
the same exact thing is going to be with all the souls. We all come from this one place, and yet throughout the Hishtal Shalut, and we'll discuss what that means momentarily, we, all, we come to all our differences. Let's read that inside. Um, Basha, do you mind continuing, please? Okay, no, I'll tell you where we are. We're holding by nevertheless. This is on page, in your handout, it's on page two. In the middle of that big paragraph, nevertheless. I'll get this fine. No, no problem. So, the, the, chi- the child, every part of him comes from the father's brain, and even now, we're going to say when the child is born, every part of his body is connected to his brain, like I gave you that example of the um, ingrown toenail. Um, Melissa, do you mind continuing, and even now? And even now, in the sun, the nails receive their nourishment and the light from the brain that is in the head. And as written in the Gemara, from the light of the, of the father's drop of semen, are formed the veins, the bones, and the nails. Um, Let's read the brackets. And in Eitzchayim. And in Eitzchayim, Shahachashmal. Thank you. So, Adam, before he sinned, Adam and Eve, they were covered with nails. Nails, we could think of as a negative thing, or we could say, like it says in the writings of the Arizal, that nails come from the brain. And they were, these were actually the nails of the supernal wisdom of God. They were actually quite intense. They weren't just uh, our fingernails. That means Adam and Eve, before they sinned, were covered in truly godly clothing. So we, we've proven that even the fingernails come from that drop, the entire, every part of the, every part of it. It seems like nails are, <clears throat> I mean, since we mentioned it here in this Shara HaFashmol, yeah. it seems like nails are considered something special, because I see them repeated as an example. Repeated. Nails are considered the lowest part of the body. Oh, the lowest. Yeah, and because they're the lowest, if we could prove that the lowest part comes from 
that dropped and every part automatically also comes. So why, why is it when you clip your fingernails you're not supposed to walk over them? Yeah, it I'm might sure. cause a miscarriage. Have you yeah. heard that? Yeah, it's bad yeah. So what, how do they hold such, such power? Why is it that the Torah says that you must, like a king must cut his hair daily and his beard he's never allowed to cut? Why the beard in general? Why is it that the Torah says that the hair shouldn't grow long? If you're a Nazir... Right. So then you should grow along, otherwise you should cut it, and yet the beard you shouldn't cut. And that, that's going to be the same question, why part of the fingernails were allowed to remove? It depends what part of the fingernail. It depends what part of the hair. The, the hair of the beard is connected to the 13 attributes of mercy. It's part of the holiest parts of our body, we don't want to cut it off. And the hair of our, brain, uh, the hair of our mind is called the extras of our brain. Etc. So, in short, to answer, the the extras of your nail that you're cutting off actually are considered the impurity of your body, and you don't want, God forbid, that to affect anyone else. That is why there's a custom we burn our nails. Okay, so all right, I see Melissa's looking the other way. Let me just tell you what the Gemara Nida says, just so it's 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 clear. The Gemara Nida says that yes, God forbid, if a pregnant woman passes over um, nails, it could be it could harm the fetus. And therefore, the ultimate method of guaranteeing that a pregnant woman shouldn't pass over the nails is by discarding it completely and burning it. Another method that's easy is you could also flush it down the toilet and it's, it has the equivalent of, of burning it. Yes? Is there, is there also a tradition that I would have not to cut the nails multi-shabbos? I, I know Thursday. Thursday? Thursday. Thursday, the entire Wednesday night, Thursday, you shouldn't cut them. Okay. You say you yeah. shouldn't. You, you should not. What happens that night? My doctor may argue with me. The, <laughs> the Talmud tells us your nails grow back after on the third day. Uh, so so if you if you cut them Wednesday night, yeah, yeah, it would, it would automatically lead into Shabbos. Okay, so. We've, we've established that, it that every part of the child comes from that, from that drop, and now we're going to continue and say the same thing is by our, all of our souls. Robert, do you mind continuing? So as it were. So as it were, it is actually true of the root of every nefesh, ruach, neshama, in the community of Israel on high, in descending degree by degree, through the descent of the worlds of Atzeret, Emanation, Tariya, Creation, Yitzira, Formation, Asiya, Action. From his wisdom, blessed be he, as it was written, you have made them all with wisdom, the Nefesh, Ruach, and the Neshama, of the ignorant and the unworthy, Come into being. Okay, so, so each soul descends. The question is how far this descent goes. Let's continue a little further and then we'll talk about it. Liz, do you mind continuing? Nevertheless. Nevertheless, they remain bound and united with the wonderful and 
essential unity within original essence and entity, namely the extension of the Parma Elaya supernal wisdom, inasmuch as the nurturing life between the Tesh, Ruach, and the Shema of the ignorant are drawn from the Nefesh, Ruach, and the Shema of the sentient ages, the head of Israel in their generation. Okay, so just like the nail nourishes from the brain, so too within the Jewish people we nourish from our brain which, is, which are the leaders of our generation. So as long as a person is constantly connected to his brain, as long as we are connected to the leaders of the generation, then, then we're connected with our brain and our brain is connected with Hashem. Yes? When you say we're connected, do you mean by reading or being close to these people or do you mean we're connected simply because we all have the same cord? How do we connect? Huh? How do we connect with a tzaddik? It's a very good question. We, we listen, we learn. But I don't feel we're part of each other. We, of course, we're part of each other. We're all Jews, but I, I see it in my head. I've always seen it like God is there, and we all got umbilical cords going up to this. And that's our conscience is our connection, our umbilical cord. So here we are saying different? You're asking... I don't know. You, I, don't know. I, I don't know how we are connected to the Godoli. And, and if you'll forgive me, yeah. I'm going to have to wait till next week. We're going to discuss, in Tanya itself, we're going to discuss what that means to be connected to our brain, right. to, the, to the tzaddikim of the generation. So let's take a few moments to kind of break down what we've just said. Firstly, we have to introduce Abiyah. And if, I, if you can, I suggest you write this down. It's not in the Tanya, but we'll now discuss a very basic and important concept. Abiyah. Abiyah is an acronym. It's spelled Aleph. Bayes. Do you, you need a pen? Okay, I don't have, but if anyone has an extra writing utensil, if you could pass it around. Abia stand is written Aleph, Bayes, Yud, Ayin. It stands for Aleph stands for Atzilut. And, and by the way, sorry, these words are clearly written in your in, in the Tanya. It says Atzilut, Bria, Yitzira, and Asiya. Yes, so the, the English translation, the English um, transliteration is written clearly in your Tanya. And in the Tanya, sorry, say it again. What did you say? Say it again. Aleph, Bet, Yud, Ayin. And they stand for Atzilut, Berea, Yitzira, and Asiya. And they've even been nice enough to translate them in the Tanya. And what do they stand for? It says over here, emanation, creation, formation, and action. Emanation, creation, formation, and action. Now let's talk about this.
God cannot create the world. He cannot. He's greater than creating the world. Anyone ever heard the question, can God create a rock he can't pick up? But the answer is very simple. The answer is no. He cannot. What is it that he cannot do? God cannot create a rock he can't pick up. Why? Because there's, there's nothing positive in it. Hashem is so separated from the world. He has no need for the world. And of course we'll discuss that he's, Hashem has created a need for the world. But naturally, Hashem is Hashem. God, who He was before, He will be after. We've never affected Him. We have no change in Him. This is what we say in the Adon Olam. To create the world, we need these four steps. First, we need Atzilut emanation. Atzilut is a world of complete godliness. Sorry, so these are four worlds. This is the descent of four worlds. Atzilut is a world where there is pure godliness. Godliness is in its purest form. Emanation, that means it's just a complete copy of what, of what exists to emanate. In that world, there's nothing new. There's no separation from godliness. By raise of hand, how many people here have heard the word simtsum? Simtsum. Simtsum means to contract. The world was only able to be created through, at this point, through this, when we have the world of emanation, where there's complete godliness, the world can't be created, a physical world. At this point, there had to be a simtsum, a contraction. That means God had to conceal His godly light. He had to make a dark hole he had to be able to put himself on the side. And now I know these words are, are a contradiction of terms. If I were to be able to explain to you fully these concepts in 10 minutes, I would be a billionaire. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to try my best to give a small rendition. And again, throughout time we will cover. But again, we have the world... Yes? If the totality of Hashem occupies everything, it permeates everything. It is the essence of everything. Then there is no room for creation unless God creates a contraction. Which he did. Fantastic. Fantastic. So we have Atsilos. But after this Atsilos, we need a contraction. And now come the following three worlds. The first world after that is Berea, creation. The first concept of a new creation. Just, it, it's unbelievable. A creation, something separated from God, just that ability to fathom a new creation, that is the world of creation. In the world of creation, it's like fish and water. The fish know they need the water. The, if, if we would be living in the world of creation, we would recognize that we are just a fish. That is the world of creation. Again, it's a new, they're, they're fish. The fish are all separated, but they completely recognize that there's a God. Now, 
The example of fish and water is a horrible example because, remember, the world of formation only comes after the world of creation. That means in the world of formation there are, in the world of creation there is no form. If you could imagine, just glob, just something, but no form to it. Something exists. That is the world of creation. Something, but we have no clue what it is. Then we travel down to the third world of Yitzira, formation. Formation means that all of a sudden, this item now has a form. But it's not a complete form. Let me give you an example. A flint stone. If you're familiar, if you take a two flint stones, you could create a fire. If you put that stone in water, did I say something inappropriate? No, I was thinking of a cartoon. If you take that, if you take this stone and you throw it in the water for 30 years and then you pull it out of the water, has the power of this stone to create a fire been removed? Has the water removed it? Absolutely not. That means the stone has the potential for fire, but it is not fire. The world of formation is a flintstone. It's the potential for, for form. So we have the world of creation, which is just something. We have the world of formation, which is not the form itself. It's the potential for form. And then we have the world of action. That is where items are completed. The entity, the way we see it. So you ask, why did, just, why did God bother with all this? Why do I need all these steps? And as we'll learn, there's a lot more steps than just these four. The answer is the coolest answer you'll ever hear for any question. And that is, God wants to be connected to us. Of course, God has the power to just make Moshe Mendel pop and appear on this world with no chain of events. Of course he could just make Richard just pop here. But God wanted that our actions should be able to affect the higher worlds. That will affect the higher worlds that will be able to trace back directly to him. And that is only possible by having what we call Hishtal Shalut. This is a very important word and I would suggest you write it down. Hishtal Shalut, which actually we had it again over here. Um, the, the descent of the worlds. Right before the word it says the descent of the worlds. The Hebrew word for that is Hishtal Shalut. Hey Shin, Tuf Lamid, Shin Lamid, Vav Saf. Hey Shin, Tuf Lamid. Shin Lamid Vav Saf. So let's summarize what we've just said. We've said God specifically wanted to create the world with this chain so that we, low beings, relative to God, we low beings, we're not low anymore. Our little action can travel directly in front of God. And how has that been accomplished? Through, through God creating 
a chain of worlds. That means we have Atzilut, where it's complete godliness. Then we have Berea, we have the idea of a separate form from God, like fish in the water. We then have Yitzira, we have a world of formation, completing in the world of action, Asiya. Any questions? Richard, it looks like you have a question. These thresholds of potentiality and the contractions that exist, yeah. you're speaking metaphorically. What, what do you mean? I mean, I'm actually... No. We're saying that every single thing... Hillel Shlom was eating popcorn. You see that? Do you know that popcorn, in order to be created, had to go... It had to be created from nothing. So I'm not, talking, I'm not talking allegorically, I'm saying factually. To have popcorn, that popcorn has to travel through all of these levels to become a physical form. Are these co continued contractions? Yes. Oh. We're going to discuss, the, the Tanya is going to share with us, there's five books of Tanya. In the, set, in the third book of the Tanya it says, everything, everything we learn happens every second. God didn't create the world. God creates the world. God didn't create the world. He creates the world. It's happening every second. And so everything we're learning didn't happen. It's happening. Baruch, you like your blue sweater? There's a lot going on to make that, to make that, to make that be here. <laughs> So God created this chain of descent. And so as the souls descend from what we saw in the tribe before, from the Chachma Ilah, from the supernal wisdom, through all of these chains, they, they descend and they, became, they may look different. So we, just like that example of the child, we're all connected, the child, every part of him is connected to the brain. Similarly, we all, through being connected to the different parts of the Jewish people, and as we'll learn more specifically next week, through connecting to our brain, which are the tzaddikim of our generation, we're all connected with our, our source. Through Shorish, to our source. Yeah. Yeah, no, you want to share something? No. I'm just saying it's a little ironic that this was the lesson also on Martin Luther King Day. On what? Yes, we're, we're all being inter... Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. Okay. It wasn't planned that way. It was. I'm it was sure, divinely planned. I'm sure he planned it. <laughs> no, it, it just happened that... It happened to be Martin Luther King Day this Monday. I just want to, so I want to summarize and conclude with one last point. In summary, we've established that just like a child, every part of the child comes from the same part, and yet the child is not one glob. He's a full body with the 200, with all the different organs and, and limbs and, and veins, all the different parts to him. Similarly, all the Jewish people, we all are different, but we're all one body. We're all one entity, as long as we're able to stay united. We'll conclude here. Are there any questions?
Okay, we'll conclude here. Two announcements.